what's going on, golf addicts? You are listening to the Masters Preview Show. Pat and I give you our first impressions of the prices on DraftKings. We don't get too deep yet. We'll have that coming in a later episode. But we just talk first impressions. We talk a lot of strategy. We recap the winner of last year's Masters Millie Maker lineup. It was a guy named Brett Marino. It was a single entry. We talk through his lineup. We talk a little strategy. It's good stuff. You know, we even talk a, a good bit about... Pat and I and our experiences at the Augusta National, what Masters Week is like here in Augusta, being from the area and having been as many times as we have, it's just an incredible experience. So we share some funny stories with you, some things that we've seen uh, and been a part of at the National. We talk about a first date at the Augusta National. We talk about the loudest roar we've ever heard and ever recorded at Augusta. Um, it's just some great stuff, some good content. It's just fun to listen to as we get geared up for Masters, so we really appreciate you guys checking it out and taking the time to listen. Stay tuned for you know, a later podcast coming where we really dive deep into the players and who we think you know, is valuable to be on those DraftKings lineups. Also want to give a shout-out to, uh, to, to Neil Williams at N5Golf.com, N5Golf.com. Neil puts out some great clothing for you. Uh, he was on he was on the big break back in the day, and he came up with a, a golf clothing line that's just awesome. He helped us out in getting some Tour Junkie shirts, so we appreciate it. You guys go check out his website and get some swag for you. And then also, you know, shout out to Kevin over at EliteEventsAndTickets.com. If you guys still want to make it to the Masters, Kevin has houses for, for rent. He's got tickets for sale. If you guys can get here, you can get tickets, I promise. So, Go to EliteEventsAndTickets.com and see if you can figure out a way and let us know if you come down. All right, thanks again for the download. Enjoy the show. May your screens be green. See you. Golf Addicts, what is going on? It's David and Pat, and this is the first Masters Preview Podcast 2016. Masters Week is literally two weeks from the time we are recording this podcast. Prices on DK are out. We cannot be more excited. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. Man, you, I'm kind of feeling like I should be serious right now. The way you started the started the podcast, you were just like golf addicts. I, I'm, it, it, it is serious, man. I mean, you it's a serious just, business. Just serious about it. This is the best week of the year, right here. There is no better week. I, I mean, totally you're... agree. I cannot yeah. wait. I mean, it's just it cannot get here fast enough. We've had the pollen, you know, the 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 spring, the azaleas are blooming. Um, oh. You know, that's a little, you know, speaking of Masters, that's a little bit, you know, growing up in Augusta, you're always, always kind of worried a little bit about the bloom for the year. And is, is it going to be, is it going to bloom out early maybe before Masters and it's not going to be quite as pretty? I kind of wonder, what, what what do you think? You think, uh, are you worried about the flowers not being there on, uh, you know, 12 behind the green this year? No, no, I, I never worry about, <laughs> I never worry about that. It, it, it is, it never crosses my mind. I'm. I, I'm more worried about at this point if Miguel Suarez makes a cut at the Puerto Rico Open. I mean, I'm, I'm confident that the azaleas will be blooming because the National will turn them on when they are damn well ready for the azaleas to be blooming. So, fear not. And you're right, the pollen is has come 
My, there is snot draining down my throat on a regular basis, and my kids are almost out of school for the week, which tells me that Masters is on the way. You know, that's, that's one thing that a lot of people don't know is that in Augusta, my whole life, the whole 31 years I've been here, 32, I, I don't even know how old, 32, the 32 years I've been here, spring break for the schools in this area is always Masters Week. So, and that's because everybody knows that Masters takes over the whole town, and it's a big deal. So that's how I know it's coming, man, and I'm pumped. It is two weeks away, and the Tour Junkies have a lot of good stuff coming for Masters Week, You know, one of which is the Listener League. So I want to remind everybody to get in the Listener League. As of the recording tonight, we do still have some spots available. It is over halfway full. So you need to hop in that. All you have to do is email us and say, hey, I'm interested in being in the Listener League. Email us at info at tourjunkies.net and just tell us you're interested and we'll let you know whether you're in or not. Should be a good time. It's a 50-man league. It's going to be $20 an entry and we're only going to pay out to the top five. So uh, it's a nice nice little payout there and we'd love to get our listeners involved. We're only really going to do the Listener League for the majors, so this will be it until the U.S. Open. So check that out. But, you know, this podcast is really all about, we're going to give you a brief preview of the prices on DraftKings, just some gut reactions. Pat and I have done very little research to this point, so, so don't, don't take what we say as gold. If you're going back and listening to this podcast, consider that this is done two weeks before the tournament. So, uh, you know, there may be some, some new news that has come out or something that's going on that we were not aware of uh, at the time we were recording this. So we're just going to give our initial reaction on the prices, and then we're going to spend most of the time just talking about what Masters Week in Augusta is like. We've both been here our whole lives and, and experienced it. We've got some really cool Masters memories that are, uh, you know, maybe you're not interested in at all, but they're pretty special to us. And uh, if you love golf and you love the Masters, there's no reason why uh, it's not worth listening to in your car as you drive to work. So other than that, uh, I'm ready to get started on the prices. You got anything you want to add, Perry? Anything we need to talk about that I forgot right up right up front? No, I think you did a good job. I mean, and I'll echo those comments a little bit. I mean, this is this is uh, what it is. It's our first reaction to you know the pricing and um, sort of what we see going up leading into the into the tournament. So there could be some changes in a couple weeks. But sometimes you know I, I like to go a lot off of my first gut reaction when I look at at the uh, pricing. So. I think that could be a, a valuable asset to our listeners out there, um, and so just 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 kind of ready to get into it and, and talk a little bit about my favorite tour event of the year, my favorite week of the year, and uh, I, I'm just ready to go. Absolutely, man. So you know, for for those who are new to PGA DFS and maybe they didn't play in the majors last year. You know, one of the things we've actually already gotten some emails on this, and that is, you know, the pricing in general. You know, we've had a couple listeners say, hey, is the pricing always this soft for the major? You know, a couple things. One, I do think that DraftKings intentionally makes it soft um, just so that, you know, uh, new people who are kind of dabbling in PGA DFS just because it's a major and it's the Masters. Uh, can can enjoy it and have some good players on their on their lineup and feel good about what they're doing. The other reason is, you know, a lot of the players are just good. So, yeah. you know, that's I, I that's, the that's the strength. 
Yeah, that, that is the main reason. That's the strength of field coming into play. It is a major. So, I mean, really the only – you know the only guys who were absolutely not winning in in you know have the same chances as a snowball in hell are you know from the you know they're like the last ten guys. Other than that, I mean anyone in this field could could win it. So it's a strong field. Just know that up front. Um, but as you you know as you take a look at it, Pat. I mean, what are your what are your initial thoughts? And we can really start wherever. I mean, whether it's as a whole or it's strategy or it's you want to start at the top and, you know, work our way down quickly. I mean, I, it, it's up to you, man. But just overall, what are you uh, what are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think for just something like this, just talking about, you know, kind of our first impressions, I don't, I don't necessarily think we need to go price by price and player by player. But um, I, I do think um, I like the pricing for, for one. I mean, let's just start with that. I think the pricing is, is actually pretty good. Um, for this tournament, I think it's pretty accurate. It's interesting. You look at it and you're like, well, um, you see like, you know, players like Paul Casey and Zach Johnson at 7,700 and 7,600. And then, you know, so 3,000 off of the top guys. So that's interesting to me when you look at that. But, um, and I'm not saying, you know, those are two, two of my favorite plays in that range, but it just shows you, just to kind of give you an example of how this pricing is, I mean, you have world-class players, a guy like Zach Johnson, who's, you know, still, you know, coming off of winning a major last year, um, you know, and has won this tournament before, is is well below the top guys, you know, up there in, you know, over 10,000 range, so, I mean, that just kind of gives you a, a really good idea of, of, of how the pricing looks for this tournament, and, and so... Um, there's going to be a lot of options. I think it's going to be really tough. It's going to be tough to get um, some good lineups, and hopefully as we kind of look through this over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll be giving you some great some great uh, advice Masters week. But what do you think about the pricing, just in general, not, not players, but just in general? I'm with you. I mean, I, I like the pricing. It is, uh, it's a fun event to – you know, to play around with and create a bunch of lineups because you can feel good about a lot of lineups and a lot of different combinations. You know, what what you got to remember is that, you know, okay, so for for the sake of anything that we record and we put out there, just know that we're really going to talk about two different types of lineups, and that's a cash lineup and the Millie Maker lineup. We're not messing with any other um, – you know, we're not messing with any other GPP whatsoever. I mean, it's it's only going to be the Millie Maker lineup, which, you know, there's 230,000 entries, okay? So 230,000 entries, $1 million to first place. Uh, that's a huge – I mean, Pat, do you remember how many entries this contest had last year? I have no idea. What is it? it was it was up there. It was probably what one hundred fifty thousand or so. No, no, not at all. The Masters in twenty fifteen had somewhere between forty and fifty thousand entries, but but PGA DFS just grew so quickly. It basically doubled at every major. I mean, by the U.S. they raised it to like seventy five. By the British it was at like one hundred and twenty, and by the PGA it was like one seventy. Um, so the popularity has grown. So, but I mean, this event is six times the size as the one last year. Then the reason that's important is because that means that your lineup has to be all the more unique. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of the stat guy, right? So 
Let me recap last year's winning lineup for you. A guy named Brett Marino won the Masters Millionaire Maker in 2015 off of a single entry. So for those of you who are newly, you know, newly playing DFS, this guy didn't have a hundred entries. You he can had win one with a single entry. You, Actually, you a can couple, win I think with a couple. One millionaire makers last the, year. Off you're games. right. You're right. I think it happened again at the at the uh, at the U.S. Open. Um, but uh, yeah, he won with one entry. He won it off of a satellite tournament uh, that cost him five bucks. So he basically turned five bucks into a million dollars. And here was his lineup: Russell Henley. Charlie Hoffman, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, Justin Rose, and Jordan Spieth. His total points scored was a, was six hundred and four and a half points. Um, you know, out of those six players, Pat, who do you think was the highest owned? Wait, read that back one time, real quick. Russell Henley, Charlie Hoffman, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth. Uh, I'm gonna say there's two that I'm kind of thinking because Kevin Na was kind of playing pretty well at that point, so I'm gonna say it's, it's probably Kevin Na, maybe Phil Mickelson. Okay, Kevin Na was the second highest owned at 18.3 percent. Jordan Spieth was the highest owned at 30 percent. The Third highest owned was Russell Henley, actually, at 15.3%. Then Phil at 11.1%, Charlie Hoffman at 8.1%, and Justin Rose at 3.5%. Now, I guess, guess, yeah, that makes sense at Spieth. I I was kind of uh, disregarding him because I. Right. Now. Now, now, Spieth obviously won, and then he had had two guys that, that finished T2, and that's Rose and Mickelson. Then he had Charlie Hoffman at T9, he had Kevin Knott T12, and he had Russell Henley at 21st. So he had the winner, he had two guys in the top five, or three guys in the top five, including the winner. He had Charlie Hoffman top 10, uh, Kevin Knott top 12, and then Henley at at, at 21st. So um, obviously you have to have all six make the cut obviously you have to have the winner listen you're going to have to have the winner in the millie maker you don't necessarily have to have the winner all the time in these other smaller gpp contests you got to have it in this one you got to have the winner if you look at your lineup and and there is not someone on there who has good odds to win you're not doing it right and and this also is a good illustration to me of the fact that you can differentiate yourself by having lower ownership of great players. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have you know, ownership of the absolute scrub that no one thought about. You can have the highest guy owned, you know, the highest owned guy in the field like, like Brett Marino did at, with Jordan Spieth at 30%. But really where he really differentiated himself was Justin Rose. Justin Rose was 3.5% owned, and he was, he was T2. He scored 112 points, uh, only 20 less than Jordan Spieth. Um, that, I mean, that's, you know, and then that's he, great. I think that's just great information right there. Just that yep. ownership level right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's important. I mean, you've got to. So, so here's uh, let's see. Only the time. Okay, so if we just look at the top 100 finishers in the Millie Maker last year, 
Jordan Spieth was the highest owned. He was 92% owned out of those out of those top 100. Hideki Mat and that, and he was at priced at 11.9. Hideki Matsuyama was the next at 59% at 8100. Some other notable Kevin Na was at 6000 and he was owned by 48%. So I mean, you know, he he did dip down into the $6000 range and pull him up. So hopefully this is kind of giving you guys some, you know, s- some insight. What do you, what do you what do you think about all this? No, I mean I I'm actually just as you're talking, I'm kind of going through the the pricing and just kind of you know trying to look at some of the guys that I think are going to be lower owned who could be some good GPP plays is is what you've sort of triggered in 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 my mind just as we're kind of given this sort of first look as as we say. So that that's kind of what I've been looking at. So, so I, got with few, that in, I got a few that kind of pop out at me, but yeah. So with that in consideration, um, you know, taking that into consideration, what do you think about the top end? So, and, and honestly, I would consider the top end Henrik Stenson to Rory McIlroy. I mean, I know Stenson and Rose are priced under under five digits here, but those are the top. I mean, those are the top players in the world right now. You know, other than maybe Phil, who who is playing well, and it's Augusta. But I mean, out of that group, well, it's going to be. You know, this is the part that's really difficult because um, of that group, you have Scott playing unbelievable right now. You have Jason Day coming off of a win last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You have Bubba Watson coming off a win um, a few weeks ago. Um, Ricky Fowler's been playing lights out. So those guys, to me, are going to be your higher-owned higher sort of plays. But but we'll see, I mean, going up into the tournament. but So I think Rory, to me, and Spieth are interesting because they're the top two highest-priced guys, yet they haven't won lately. Spieth's missed some cuts. Rory's missed some cuts. But they've showed flashes of just brilliance. I mean, I think Rory, even at, at, at you know at Bay Hill was, um, you know, had some fantastic rounds, you know, sandwiched in between some pretty crappy rounds. So, um, you know, my initial thought on Rory is he's actually my favorite player going into the tournament, and, and, and that may surprise some, but he, he is my favorite. Um, so that makes those two guys interesting just because they're, you know, sort of the top two guys. And I think Rose kind of flies under the radar again. You were just talking about him being – you know, on the the Millie Maker team, I, I think he 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 might end up, you know, being you know a lower priced GPP play once again this year. Yeah, I mean, gut. You know, let, and let me say this too: do not make picks off of this podcast alone. Because I totally agree. We're just giving gut reactions here. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: I mean, for the Millie Maker, I would. If you only listen, listen, like, at the end of the day, we want you to listen to our podcast every week. But there are other good podcasts out there. Now, we want you to come to ours first, but that's okay if you don't. And, you know, if you want to listen to somebody else, feel free. We, we listen to other people. So the, the DFS golf world is, is awesome. The DFS golf world, if you do not listen to any other podcast but our own, you might need to for the, for the Millie Maker. And, that, and that's that's kind of a contrary, you know, contrarian advice. I, I doubt you're going to hear a lot of other podcast hosts telling you to do that. But I think it's a good idea to go and listen to Pat Mayo. Um, you know, Pat Mayo is a pretty popular guy yeah. in our world. He he has a lot of listeners. 
Go listen to Pat Mayo's shows for the next couple weeks and see who the guys on his show are talking about, who he's talking about. That'll give you a good idea, potentially, of, of ownership. I mean, at the end of the day, if everyone that has a podcast is talking about Justin Rose, his ownership is going to go up. Definitely, you know, yeah, it, it, totally it, agree. It's, it still might not be what it should be compared to you know somebody else, but if everyone's talking about him, it's going to go up. It's, it's just, it just is what it is. So I would say this is a week more than ever to pay attention to multiple sources just for the ideas of ownership. I mean, you know, we all have people that we listen to and we trust when they make picks more than others. And at the end of the day, you're making your own decision and we want you to do that and feel good about it. But but definitely you can get an idea of, of ownership. And we will have, you know, we're going to do a show the week of and it'll really be our picks and it'll be our final picks and that's it. You know, and, and by that time, hopefully we have a good idea of who people are talking about and and how we think ownership percentages are going to go. But looking at the trend here lately, I mean, Rose continues to be under-owned, even in, even in events that aren't this deep. So I love Rose at 9,900 right off the bat. Um, I, honestly, I mean, I, I'm really drawn to Bubba and Ricky and Rose. Th- those are the three guys at the top I really, really, really like. And I can't tell you who I think – is going to I think DJ is going to be low owned out of this group I think um I just think he definitely is I think he definitely just, is just yeah just recent form um Stinson well, continues he hasn't he hasn't really you know he's kind of been you know sort of that absent minded type thing he just hasn't been around as much and 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 I know he sort of faltered at the end in a lot of these majors but um I think Dustin Johnson could really be a sneaky good play for Masters, but we'll see. But Yeah. All right, so, I mean, that's kind of the top group, you know, first impressions of the top group. As we look down below, like maybe, you know, Charles to – I would say Charles to Kisner, kind of that taking that, that chunk. I mean, obviously Tiger. I mean, God, listen – why is he even in here? <laughs> He's not playing in the freaking Masters. Yeah, this is just like wishful thinking if anybody's going to be. Yeah, okay. Let's just avoid so, that. Yeah. So from Charles to Kisner, kind of gut reactions. I'm trying to. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what are your gut reactions? I'm, I'm trying to trying to gather my thoughts here. My first thought looking at, at that um, at that range is that I think that Danny Willette is going to be um, pretty highly owned at 8,000 um, based off recent form and, and everything else. So um, I, I think he'll be a good play from a, from a cash game lineup, but I'm probably not going to look at him in GPPs. I think I might want to fade him a little bit because I think a lot of people are going to sort of gravitate to them because they're going to be, you know, this is a price range where there's a lot of good players that are, you know, have been playing well, have been, um, you know, you got Jimmy Walker right there, you got Brooks Kepka, you got Kisner underneath there, you got Kuchar. So I just think Willette is going to be the highest owned player in this range. And um, I'm probably going to fade him for the most part, especially in GPPs. Um, maybe not some cash lineups because I think he's a great player. 
um, and could really do well in this tournament. But um, in GPPs, I'm going to be fading Willette at 8000 That's just an initial thought, just looking at the price range right here. I don't think he's going to be high owned, uh, high, highly owned. I mean, I, I know he's played well recently, but I think given another two weeks and you, you got too many other names in this in this range that I think will be – I mean, I think Patrick Reed – the most tempting for me personally are Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka. I think those are two – I mean, Patrick Reed's at the average price and Brooks is below it. Those are going to be two names that are going to be tough to avoid. And, and honestly, if you're going to go with a couple of studs up in that top tier we just talked about, it's going to be hard to roster one of these guys and round out a, a really nice lineup. So, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I've actually already made uh, I made a Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed prop bet on Sportsbook um, probably I don't know six weeks ago to win. And uh, and I think I might because I have that prop bet going. I think I might just <laughs> I might just fade him in the GPP lineups just to, you know, just to offset that a little bit. But it's going to be tough to avoid those two. I think both of those guys are going to be, are going to be pretty highly owned. I mean, there, there's some really good talent here in this, in this area. Mark Leishman's another guy that I like. I like him a ton in a GPP. I think his name will get lost in some of these guys. He's played well at Augusta before, um, and I think he's got the game for Augusta. And I think 7900 is pretty cheap for Leishman. Just gut reaction, I, I, I like that. Um, I'm thrilled to see Kisner, our buddy Kisner, in the in the in the Masters for the first time. I, I don't know that I will play him, but what do you what do you think about your buddy Kisner? No, I think I'm going to be off of him too. Um, I mean, it, you know, the history of first time Masters entrance sort of. I mean it. it, it it speaks for itself. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, Fuzzy Zeller was only first-time entry to ever win this event. They've struggled for the most part. So I just really, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to have them in a whole lot of lineups unless I just want to want to build a lineup of guys that I just absolutely just want to pull for. Um, yeah. Which I've done before. I mean, I've certainly <laughs> done that before. But yeah, um, he's not going to be, you know, just – initially looking at this he's, he's probably not going to be in a lot of lineups um, that I like but um, there are a lot of guys in the 6,000 range that I think are kind of interesting um, in the 6,000 range yeah I mean all right go ahead go ahead and jump down there who are you talking about well I mean just just a few I mean one you know who played well last week uh, at Bay Hill was the amateur Bryson DeChambeau I think I mean at 6500 I think that's a good price for him it is just obviously I'm, I'm coming off of talking about you know a, a first time player but I think that's that's an interesting price you got Charlie Hoffman he finished top 10 last year at 6400 I mean that could be a great price for him um, so I mean there, there's just there's a few in this range that I really like um, our boy Webb Simpson I mean he's at 6700 I mean that's that's a good price for him. Yeah, I mean I agree. I, I I do think as tempting as it is to take a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, I don't, I don't think you can do it in the Millie Maker. I just don't. I, I think it's too. I think that's too cute. So my gut reaction with with DeChambeau is no. Um, I like Kevin Knott, sixty nine hundred. I, I agree with you on Webb. You know he's a major champion winner. He's not been playing great this year, but at sixty seven hundred. 
I agree with with the Webb Simpson play. Ryan Moore, I haven't done the research, but I'm pretty sure Ryan Moore's got a pretty nice course history here he as well. He does actually. Um, I, he, yeah, he kind of jumped off the page at me a little bit yeah. when I saw him, and I'm not usually all about him. By the way, with with Deshambo, I wish he could have like bonus points for like low amateur because. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be really good to to get him. Uh, in there, but you know, amateurs have a have a a good history at this event. I mean, they they I think Matt Kuchar, back when he was an amateur, I think finished yep, top, yep. top fifteen. So, um, and there's been plenty of others they've done done pretty well. So, um, that's the only reason I kind of look at him as sort of a flyer pick. Um, you never know. I mean, it's not you know if you if you only got a certain amount of money to spend on the on the Millie Maker, I wouldn't be throwing them in, into your lineups. But if you got, you know, you got a wild hair and want to throw something in there, I'd, I'd put them in there. I think there's one. There is one first timer that I feel that I feel better about, and he's five hundred dollars cheaper, and he's gonna be high owned in the GPP. So if he's in your lineup, you have to know that you've got to separate yourself somewhere else. And that's Smiley Kaufman at six thousand. I mean, this guy continues to continues to just play really well at courses that obviously he's never played before. It's his first year on tour. Um, so I, I like Kaufman for a surprise top 20, top 25 finish. And at 6,000, if he gets you that, I think that's, I think that's nice. So I, I like uh, that. And, and yeah, I think he, he you are definitely, and, and the guy can just throw down birdie after birdie. I think he's, you know, just for DraftKings purposes, is a great play. So I'm, I'm with you there. But what what almost just made me throw up in my mouth was I was looking right below him, and I, and all of a sudden Bowditch popped up, and I was thinking, <laughs> what, what the what the hell? I mean, how does this guy even? I mean, can they kick him out? I mean, can he like can they rescind his invite? No way, man. That's not gonna happen. I mean, it's not gonna happen. He's he's in. We just have to live with it. <laughs> well, first reaction. Watch him. Wa- don't play. Watch him. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the first round leader on. on first he day. will be. He will be. All right, let's hop back up real quick to the sevens since we kind of skipped the seven thousand dollar range and and just get some first impressions there. We talked about uh, Leishman and Kisner and obviously avoiding Tiger. I do like Paul Casey at 7,700. I don't like the next two, Zach Johnson and Justin Thomas. I do like Bill Haas. He's played this event a number of times. He's familiar with this event, uh, with, with, with the course. His dad, Jay Haas, had some success here. I think he knows how to get his, you know, get his way around here. Bill Haas has kind of found his way on some of my initial lineups. So he's kind of one I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing there in the sevens. The only other guy I think that could – could show me something in a GPP would be my go-to under-owned value, byung Hun An, continues to just be low-owned in a lot of contests and, and showing up. So I kind of like him, too, just in initial reaction. He's at 7,200. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. With, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't done enough research on On to really comment on that, but I, I do think uh, I like Haas a lot. Um, and I like how you pointed out how his father had success here because that is absolutely correct. He did, and I think it it kind of suited his eye, and I think it suits Bill Haas's eye. He, he, you know, Haas has had some good early rounds in this tournament, and then it's sort of you know kind of 
I don't know, just sort of not done well over the weekend. Yeah. I think he, he's a good he's a good one, I think, that could be, you know, I like that price for him. Um, another guy that's kind of interesting is it, who's really burned me lately, but I, I'm, I'm going to probably look at, you know, once we get closer, as Harris English at 7,100. Um, you know, another another Bulldog guy, you know, kind of a Georgia guy that I think could, could play well here. So I kind of think he's he's going to be one of those that I'm, I'm going to look to research a little more going into the tournament, and, and I like that price at 7,100. That's about all I got as far as, you know, like I said, just first first impressions there. Um, that's that's about it for me. I'm I'm good with you too. Well look man, let's talk about let's talk about Masters Week in Augusta. You know, listen, a lot of people let, let me just say one thing. Like Masters in Augusta, there there is nothing like it. I, I've been to other golf tournaments. There is no sporting event in the world, much less golf tournament in the world, that is done the way that the Augusta National does the Masters. There's just not. So uh, it is expensive, that's for sure. Now let me let me say this: you can get a ticket. It, it is a it is a exclusive ticket. But if you get to Augusta, you can get a ticket. Now what you pay for that ticket is another story, but you will get one. And 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 I, I'm just telling you, even if you get down for a practice round, I know practice rounds at a lot of other tournaments are are kind of lame, and they're just there's no point. That is not the case. Masters week, if you can get here on a Monday or a Tuesday, obviously Wednesday with the par three when the stars are out and the mood is light and everybody's feeling footloose and fancy free and drinking the green beers, it, you, nothing like it. You just got to get here, um, but it's it is easily my favorite week of the year. I've been I've been going since I was a kid. I've been to tournament days. I've been to practice round days. I know you have as well, Pat. Um, it's a special place to me. If you've never been, I mean, the fact that you're driving on Washington Road, which is you know a main road in Augusta, with all kinds of retail all up and down. I mean, it looks like a big you know strip road or whatever. And you walk in the gates of the Augusta National, and every everyone that works there is yes sir and no sir, and welcome to the Augusta National, and and everyone's friendly. And you walk in, and you're just in this paradise, and everything is perfect, from the grass to the trees to the sand to the flowers to the everything. And 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 knowing that just over the fence is Washington Road, is just crazy. It's crazy, and it's still as long as I've been here, and as many times as I've gone. I've worked at the I've worked at the Augusta National. I worked there two years for two years, and it still blows me away every time I walk in the gate that just on the other side of the fence is Washington Road. It's just an amazing place. You have to get here if you're a golf fan. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's got to be a bucket list item for anybody out there who's a big golf fan. Um, you know, don't be scared by the fact that yeah, it does cost a little bit more money for for a ticket but you're right the practice rounds are just as fun to be at as a regular tournament if not maybe you know more fun especially on the on the par three days for wednesday um it's just a totally different atmosphere if you've ever been to a pga tour event i will tell you this this you know going to the masters is not like anything you've ever seen 
Um, you know, you can walk in there. Um, if you've got $20 in your pocket, you can get, you know, all you want as far as beers and food and whatever for the day. The prices are so cheap. It's amazing. I mean, you, you go there and you get a $2 beer and a, a dollar sandwich and some chips and a drink or whatever else. I mean, it, it is just, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible experience. And I've been a lot of times and I try not to take it for granted because, um, you know, you can, you know, when you've, you've done something like this and we grow up in Augusta, you, you, you sort of tend to take things like this for granted. But my favorite thing to do now is to take people out there for the first time and just to see their reaction when they get out there, because it's always, um, you know, better than you'd ever think they would react. I mean, um, you got to walk the course if you if you go out there. You got to walk the entire course. Go go check out Amen Corner. Um, you know, go check out the spots that you that you've seen in, in history. You know, and uh, you know the sixteen, uh, the par three there, and everything else. So I, I don't know. It's just um, I love it. I never can get enough of it. Um, it, it is. It, it's just. It just. It's a special place. And um, you know, I think for folks like you and I who see it every year um, and never get tired of it, that just tells you right off the bat um, how special it is, how fun it is to be out there. And um, hopefully we can we can provide, um, especially that week, um, sort of some good commentary on, on what it's like. I mean, so talk, do you remember your first time going to the National? I do, actually. I do. Um, well, talk, talk. You know, you don't have to necessarily talk through that, but like, talk through some Masters memories that you have at the National, because I've got a couple of really good ones, and I'm, I'm sure you do too, being being that we've gone as many times as we have. Well, I have a couple. Um, you know, so when I was in high school, I actually worked for um, out on the driving range, which was an interesting experience because, um, for one, I basically had an all access badge um, by working out there, so I could go in the pro shop, I could go anywhere I wanted. And um, we could also get out to the course early before anybody got out there because I, I don't know what time the gates open now, but at that time I think it was like 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or something like that. And you couldn't put chairs out or anything until they, they opened the gates. But if you worked there, you could, you could do that. So we would throw chairs on 18 right on the front row. Um, so when I was in high school, it was about the time that actually Crenshaw won his second Masters, which was kind of out of the blue then. Damn, you are old. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and um, and then my favorite player of all time, Freddie Couples, when he won in 19, I think it was 92. Um, I was on the front row when he was walking up to 18. If you ever watch video of him walking up 18 and you hear the chant, Freddie, 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 uh, me and some buddies started that on 18. And uh, that was just a fantastic moment for me because he was my favorite player at the time. I loved him. And uh, so it was pretty cool. And I don't know, you know, there, there's, there's a few others, but I'll, I'll, I'll step back and let you, you talk about a few of yours right now. Very cool. I, I like that. That's pretty good. I, I like the Freddie one. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, man, you know, and, and just in case you don't know, like, the chair thing at the National is something else, too. If you put a chair down, no one is allowed to touch it. Like, so if you if you put your chair at a certain spot because you, you busted it and you got there and you're, you know, on the ropes, no one can move that chair if you're not sitting in it. You can put it down at 8 a.m. 
and not come back until 5 p.m., and your chair will still be there. You are so right. It's, it's incredible. It is incredible. And, and it's not just because there are people standing over your shoulder telling you you can't do that or they're going to kick you out if they see you move a chair, which they will do. But it's because people police themselves so much better at the Augusta National than anywhere else on the planet. Like, everyone's moral and ethical compass jumps up a few notches when they come through the gates because... It totally does. I'm so, I mean, I can't, I'm so excited that you even said that because, <laughs> you know, if you look at some of these, I, I hate to say it, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but if, if we're in, like, New York or something like that, those, those chairs are getting knocked out of the way and you're going up into the closest spot you can get, but not at the National... I mean, there is some serious right. respect for you having your chair there before anybody else. It's tradition, it's respect, it's southern, it's hospitality at its best. It's it's it just is what it is. It's always been that way and it's never going to change. And, you know, it it's crazy. I mean, you know, for one, people are scared to misbehave because if they if they get thrown out, the badge or the ticket that they're wearing is going to get reported and then all this other stuff. So, you know, no one wants to know what happens if you're the sucker that moves that chair and you get escorted out. Um, but at the same time, it's just crazy, man. I mean, it's it's crazy how the whole thing works. You know, what blows me away again every year is the fact that, you know, even the security guards who are not employed by the National, they're third party, but everyone that steps on that, everyone that steps foot on those grounds that is asked to work that week, whether you are a high school, punk-ass, snot-nosed kid every other freaking week of the year, if you put that uniform on and you are the trash picker, if you are spoken to, you say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and, and that's it. Or, or you're, the, you're the security guy or you've got a green jacket on. That's how you speak to every patron at that golf course. Like, this, the security team is the third-party Securitas people, right? Like, mm-hmm. these, these people are, they're, they're yeah. And they're like. Them, they, they were the Pinkertons before, but I don't, I don't think that's the company anymore. But no, it's, it's Securitas is what it is. But, I mean, from the moment you, you, are, you are less than 20 feet in the gate, and they are standing there going, Welcome to the Augusta National. Good morning, sir. And they're looking you in the eye, and they're saying, hey, and they're interacting with your kids. It is another level, man. It is just, it, it's like Chick-fil-A of golf is what it is. So, <laughs> that is so true. I mean, it really is. Like, you just feel, you just get in there, and you just feel effing amazing. It, you just feel good. And then you get to, the, you get to like, the concessions, and a freaking sandwich is $2, and a beer you know, we're, we're, and they don't allow the beer companies to say their names because even the Augusta National is bigger than Budweiser. You're just domestic or import. <laughs> you're, you're one or the other. <laughs> I, lo- I love that too. You know, just, the the domestics are three dollars and the imports are three fifty. They're not raping you. They're not bending you over for for eleven dollars. I mean, damn, you can go to a single A freaking minor league no name baseball game and pay nine dollars for a beer. And you're at the Augusta National, and you're going to pay three. I mean, it is just, it is next level experience is, is what it is. 
So even if you, what I've always seen is even if you have no idea about golf or what golf is or who's who of golf, it doesn't matter. Your wife, your kids, your grandma, it doesn't matter. You will go to the Augusta National and you will enjoy the hell out of your day no matter what. Like, have you ever heard somebody that has gone to the National and, and, and spent their day out there and for some no. reason or another not liked it? No. Never. No. Not one single time. The, the, um, I, I personally don't remember the first time I went out there, and I have a really terrible memory, so that's why. But I, I do have some, some fond memories. One, one memory in particular was actually the first time I ever took my wife in the Augusta National, and it was her first time going we uh, we knew each other, but but we weren't really we didn't really like each other. We actually dated. I dated her best friend for a long time, really racy. And uh, but but we wow. we we had broken up, and my wife and I were working at a hospitality house uh, the week of Masters. This was in two thousand five, and we we got tickets to the par three. I got tickets to the par three. And we were not dating or anything, but we had been working together Monday and Tuesday, and I was kind of starting to take notice a little bit and be like, dang, you know, I've been, I've been knowing this girl for years, and I've never really paid attention, and now that I'm not dating her best friend, I kind of like her. And so I asked her out on a date, and our first date was the Par 3 tournament, um, which was so cool. I mean, she had never been before, and I was a, a huge golf nut, you know, so she got to go in, and she just, first of all, was just, amazed at the beauty of the place um, and the fact that she had lived in Augusta for so long and had driven past these gates for years and never been on the other side of them. And, like, she was saying the same thing I was saying in the beginning. It's just like, I cannot believe Washington Road is on the other side, right? And we went to the Par 3, and the Par 3 is just an amazing experience. But one of the things I remember is we put our chairs – on uh, we we walked around a little bit, but we we ended up settling at the tee box on number nine of the par three, which is over, over the water. Uh, it's probably a hundred thirty yard shot over the water, and we were on the ropes on the tee box. So we were right there, and I mean I remember seeing Adam Scott come through, and he was kind of a young you know, and he's still a young guy, but you know he was like a really young guy, and Phil and all these guys and Arnie and all these guys coming through, but. One of the things I remember, I'll never forget this, is Jerry Kelly walks up and he goes, he, he goes, he puts his tee in the ground. And he says, "Hey, is there anybody in the crowd who's a who's a Vietnam vet?" And a guy, you know, five or six rows deep, raised his hand and he said, "Come here, sir." And the guy made his way through the ropes and he brought him up and he said, "I want you to, I want you to hit this shot and I want to say thank you for your service. I don't, you know, you guys have never been thanked enough and and in my generation." You guys fought a war that you know um, that that a lot of people didn't say thank you for, and I want to say thank you, and I want you to hit this golf shot. And it was just an amazing thing, you know. No matter what your opinion of of that is, it was just cool to see. Um, so that was a good memory. The other phenomenal memory I have that I will never forget is <clears throat> I was I had a friend whose dad was a gallery guard. And like you said, when you worked there, he got in the he got in the tournament before they opened the gates. So at seven forty five, he set two chairs down. This was on Sunday. Uh, he set two chairs down, one for me and one for my buddy, <clears throat> on eighteen, 
pin high, front left, traditional Sunday pin location, on the ropes. Literally not a spot on the golf course closer to the hole on the outside of the ropes than me and my buddy. And so we had our seats. We got there about 1 o'clock. We slept in. We you know, went to the course. We had lunch. We stepped out on 1 o'clock. We, you know, at 1 o'clock, we looked at our seats. We were like, hey, look, there's our empty seats nobody's touched. And you know, there's 15 rows deep in the crowd sitting there around 18. And so we walked around. We watched. Uh, you know, I like to walk around a little bit and watch some hit drivers and stuff like that. About, two, about 3 or 4 o'clock, we decided to go sit down, and we're watching the final groups come through. And this was the year that Tiger and Phil and Chris DeMarco were going at it. And we're sitting there at 18 on Sunday. One of the things that we've not yet mentioned is the roars at the Augusta National, right? Uh, like incredible. There is nothing like the way a roar – I mean, I know you hear it on TV, but there's nothing like the way a roar moves through those grounds at Augusta when you're there. And we're sitting on 18, and we hear this huge roar. And, of course, we don't know what's going on. You can't have your phones in there. There's no TVs. There's, you know, there's just the scoreboard in front of you right there between 18 and number 10. And we see Trevor Immelman hit a hole-in-one on number 16. And we hear this huge roar. And then, and then a few minutes later, we see the one post for Trevor Immelman. And we're like, wow, that's pretty crazy, a hole-in-one. And then... A couple of holes later, Tiger finishes 15. He's on the box on 16 with Chris DeMarco. And we hear a roar that I have never heard repeated in my life at Augusta. And we are like, holy hell, Tiger just aced 16. Because you know the difference. If you've been to Augusta, more than once, you know the difference in a birdie roar and an eagle roar, and you know the difference between a tiger birdie and a whoever else birdie or a tiger eagle and a whoever else. And we're like, holy hell, tiger just birdie or just eagled 16, and this ball game is over. And then we see the scoreboard post a birdie. And we're like, what? What kind of birdie? <laughs> what kind of birdie did Tiger make to produce that? And dude, we're we're sitting on the on the ropes at 18. We had no idea this was the shot, the chip, where the ball stopped on the edge and dropped in. Like the famous chip. And we had no idea until we got home that night and we we're watching Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also the same year he came up to 18. He and Chris DeMarco, they got into a playoff. Um and they and, and they, they they won. Tiger won right there on eighteen, right in front of us. And I was, uh, um, I'm actually in the, I'm right above his bicep on a picture of him pumping his fist. I'm right above his bicep, like throwing my arms up, screaming when he won. Although I hate Tiger, but see that that's what happens when you're in that atmosphere. You just can't control yourself. See, I was about to say. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't think you'd be uh, cheering on your boy Tiger, but. You know, I'm, no, actually, not, I'm actually in a picture also with a tiger. Are you? I am. So, when he won his first Masters, um, what was that, 97, 98? Um, Nine, yeah. 
he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and it's right when he's like in his fist pump, you know, his traditional tiger thing. I'm in the I'm in the background uh, of the gallery, and it, it is the worst picture ever of me. And and I, I need <laughs> to find it so that I can. I'm going to tweet it out when I find it. But I am in the the dumbest looking pose you have ever seen in your entire <laughs> life. Like I have my hands together, clapping. I look like I'm I'm just way too excited. I don't I don't know how I, I gotta be PC about this because I, I could I could make this sound maybe you can interject if you think that there there's something that uh is a better way to put it. But I, I look pretty girlish. I would say in the, in the in mid clap when he won his first title, and I need to find the, I need to find this picture so that I can post it on Twitter. Oh, please do that! That sounds awesome. That sounds great. That's a good one. That's a good memory. I find, Try, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll I'm trying it to out, think. Like, you know, another thing that always happens at Masters Week is you always see people, you know, celebrities, star. I'm trying to think of all the people. Like, I, I, I saw Toby Keith one time at a, at a steakhouse. Emmett Smith, um, who's a total D-bag and, like, womanizer. Um, I saw MJ on the course one time. I saw Dr. J one time. That was pretty cool. Well, if you're um, coming out there this year and you, you really want to um, see a – I guess a a stud of the sports world. Go follow Dustin Johnson because there's a pretty good chance you're going to see uh, the man himself, Wayne Gretzky. So if you want to see the great one, just go follow Dustin Johnson True. and uh, and and do it during a practice round. Because if you're going to like bombard him with trying to get an autograph or something, I wouldn't do it during the tournament rounds. But uh, well, and you probably you probably will see him the practice round week. Well, and there's a good chance Paulina's walking around too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. I'm just saying, if you're if you're kind of looking for a stud like a Michael Jordan type, I mean, there's no bigger one than than uh, Wayne Gretzky. So. I don't know. I think Michael Jordan may be bigger than Wayne Gretzky. No, he is. I'm just saying, in the hockey world, Wayne Gretzky's a man. What the, am I doing the show with Jeff Feinberg? Who the hell are you right now? Hockey. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, man. I mean, come I mean, on. whatever. Um. Was he good at hockey? I don't know. He was before my time. Right, can we end this? I'm just kidding. No, man, this is good. <laughs> this is great. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, I, I do have some really good stories of when I was a caddy there, but I think that's another, I think that's another time. No, we need it. Yeah, that's another time. That's another time. What, um... Uh, you know, Augusta's full of parties that week. You know, let, let me. A lot of locals that week just get out of town because again, it's spring break. A lot of people rent their house out. I rent my house out, but I, I stay in town and stay with parents or in laws. So a lot of people rent their house out, and when they do, they take that money and they go and they they they, they go to the beach or something. They take a vacation with the kids since they're out of school. So a lot of locals just totally vacate. Um, I've never been one of those. I, I love being here that week. The whole city changes. Um, the vibe changes. Everything changes. Everyone in Augusta puts out their best foot forward on that week. It's just a lot of fun to be around. The restaurants are hopping. There's a party everywhere you look. Um, 
It's. Do you want me, do you want me to give two two party spots? Is that what you're? Yeah, yeah give two that? party spots. All right, so there's there's a couple that I'm gonna say. One is is more. Uh, you're just gonna have to sneak in, and and but I think you'll be able. To, you know, most most listeners should be able to fit in well. But the other one is, uh, you know, should definitely go check out. But the Partridge Inn in Augusta, right there on Walton Way, I think is a good place to go for for some partying. Um, it's a it's a great old hotel. Um, the worst part about the Partridge Inn is is sometimes trying to get a drink um but a lot of times during masters they have they have uh bars set up all over the place so i definitely check out the partridge inn and if you're feeling a little bit crazy go check out the augusta country club just sneak into the augusta country club you know everybody you know for the most part it is a private club but masters week it kind of opens up a little bit and if you just act normal you know, yeah, act yourself, like you've been there before. Yeah, you know, just kind of sneak yeah. in. You know, don't be too. You know, just be unbecoming. You yeah. can you can probably get in there and uh, have a few drinks, and it's the best best atmosphere out there. Uh, I guess the Country Club is an amazing atmosphere that week. It is. It's a historic club. Bobby Jones himself, um, you know, famous for the being at the Augusta Country Club and. Um, it's an old course. It's a great club. It does. It is a lot of fun. Masters Week. You you got all kind of people in there, and and um, that that's probably one of my favorite spots for sure. It's the Augusta Country Club, and you can definitely just walk up in there. Now, getting a drink might be another issue, but you can easily walk in there and start socializing and definitely. check it checking out what's if going you, on. If you're it's, a list, if you're a listener of the lead, of, of us though, and you want a drink, just come see David or I, and we can probably hook you up. That's right, man. Yeah, come find us. We know where it's we know where it's at. But anywhere on Washington Road, there's a party. There's hospitality houses everywhere. It's just God. It's so much fun. I mean, you just you just have to get here if you've never if you've never been. You just have to. It just doesn't get any better. It does not get any better. The weather's always perfect. You know, God God has a special zone around the Augusta National to protect it from. You know, for bad weather, it's just it's just a fantastic place. The whole thing's amazing, and they're taking over more and more property every year. I mean, if you if you went to Augusta last year, you're gonna pull up this year and be like, "What in the world?" I mean, they continue to buy up these homes that are right outside of the gate that are easily hundred thousand dollar homes anywhere else, and they're paying a million for them just to de- demolish them to the ground and lay sod over them. It's just amazing. I mean, they're, they're taking over. I was driving down close, uh, right, right next to the National a couple nights ago, and I told my wife, I said, you know, think about what this place looked like when we were kids and think about what it's going to look like when our kids are our age. It's just, it's going to be stupid. I mean, they're, they're just so, they literally can do whatever they want. Literally can do whatever they want. You there? I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> you falling you asleep were, you on were me, Perry? Great tangent there, so I, didn't, I, I have no comments on it. I mean, they they uh, you, you're entirely correct. I mean, it looks beautiful out there. So, um, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything yeah. else to say about the parking lot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, ha- I have a couple of stories I'm not going to share. You know, I've got my Will Ferrell story that I think I'll save for another preview contest. But I am going to say one more thing while, while we're on the, the topic of they can do whatever they want. I was 
this this is a good illustration of that, and then we'll wrap it up. But I was sitting outside the caddy barn one day when I was caddying uh, back in '08, and it was in the morning, and I was having my coffee. I was talking to some caddies, and I see this big semi truck, like an oversized semi truck, hauling a full grown pine tree and the root system out of the Augusta National, right past the caddy barn onto Washington Road. I'm like, holy crap, look at that tree. And, you know, I, I was just like, that's, that's nuts. I go and I, I caddied 18. I came back. I was sitting outside, hanging out with more caddies, waiting on to see if I was going to get another loop or not. You know, so now it's five, six hours later. And I see another semi-truck pulling into the National with a huge pine tree, full-grown pine tree, root system fully wrapped in like a burlap thing with rope all around it. When I say full-grown pine tree, I mean like a 60 to 70-foot, 80-foot pine tree. I'm talking this thing was hanging off the back of this large semi-truck. I'm not talking about a sapling, okay? And I'm like, dang, and this thing's pulling in, and one of the caddies next to me says, yeah, that, that's, that's the one that's going to replace the one they took out this morning on number. It was some hole on the back nine. I can't remember the number. It was a hole on the back nine. And I was like, what? So I get a loop. I get a loop that afternoon. I go out. I get to that hole. And, one, and the caddy that I'm with says, hey, remember that tree we saw coming in? And I'm like, yeah. He said, that's it. And, dude, I look, and I swear to you, the tree that he's pointing to, now God knows he could have been totally making this up because there are some crazy suckers in the caddy barn, but I'm just going to pretend like he was telling me the truth because it doesn't, I mean, it surprises me, but it doesn't. There was not a, a, a piece of grass unturned on this, on this tree, around this tree. I mean, it looked like the tree had been there and grown there for a hundred years. There wasn't sod messed up. There wasn't you know, crap all over the ground or debris or anything like that. There wasn't, the, the tree wasn't sticking up out of the ground higher than the rest of the trees. It literally looked like it had been there a hundred years and they replaced it the same day. <laughs> See, that's, that's they, the national for you. They can literally do what they want. It's, it's unbelievable. It's a really special place. So, Listen, well, we hope you've enjoyed the first of a few previews. We've got, we've got some great things coming up, Masters Week. We'll be letting you know some more about that. Don't forget the Listener League, 50-man contest, $20 entry. We've still got some room as of the recording tonight. Uh, this is Monday, two weeks before. I don't know what the date is, like the 21st, I think. Um, so we've still got some, some, some entries there. You can email us, info at tourjunkies.net. We'd love to have you in. Appreciate your support as always. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. If you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying the content we're putting out, it's free. The only thing we ask is that you leave us a review. Go on iTunes, give us a review, make it honest. It really means a lot to us. It helps us uh, rank up in iTunes and it helps other people find us. So honestly, that's all we ask. Appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great week. Be on the lookout for more Masters content. Enjoy talking Masters with you, Pat. Yes, sir. Can't wait. All Ready right. to go. We got just a few weeks out. That's right. Two weeks. All right. Thanks for listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. See you. Oh. All New Ellen, Michael Strahan. 
Plus, a little cruise ship dancer taking over social media. People were coming up to me and asking me for autographs. It was kind of awkward. But... Right, well, it's going to be more awkward now. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. Imagine moving into a new home and hearing scratching, screeching every night. Inside the walls, hundreds of bats. They just took over that. I had no idea. Warning signs something could be lurking in your home. Today at 5 on NBC4.